Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast, where we are chatting with Vanessa Hare, the founder of the Mountain Riders Collective. In this podcast, we talk about her journey of riding bikes from a young age, to her journey as an accomplished mountain bike racer who has won several awards during her career, to today as she starts this amazing project called the Mountain Riders Collective. The collective is a community where we as writers can build connections, support each other, be inspired through online and in-person forums, events, coaching, and importantly, it is also a forum for mentorship programs. Be sure to check out her website in the description to see all that the Mountain Riders Collective has to offer, and stay tuned. Listen to our chat about this amazing new venture she's taking on and how she's helping our amazing mountain bike community. Hello and welcome everyone to the Women's MTB Network podcast. I'm Mia and I'm going to be your host. Our podcasts are about sharing information on all things mountain bikes from a woman's perspective. We'll be talking about bikes, components, gear, upcoming events, coaching, and much, much more. Our goal is to connect women from across the globe and inspire folks to ride, regardless of age or skill level. We'll have guests from all over the world with all types of backgrounds and different riding styles. So get comfy and be inspired to ride. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have the amazing Vanessa, who is a mountain bike coach. She's been in the mountain bike industry for a long, long time. She's been a writer for a long, long time. She's just doing some amazing things with the Mountain Coaches Collective, and I wanted to have her on the show to talk to everyone, and uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Vanessa, say hi to everyone out there. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Vanessa. I am so excited to be here, Mia. Thank you so much for the invite. I know we've connected last year, yeah, and we're here the next year of reconnecting. And so, thanks. It's it's been a pleasure getting to know you and like what you're doing, and I'm excited to get this rolling. Yeah, likewise. So, tell us a little bit because we spoke, we've been speaking, speaking, speaking. I can't really talk today. We've been speaking on and off for a year, but we have met before virtually like this. And you told me about your Mountain Coaches Collective. Uh, but before we dive into that, I wanted to go into, could you tell us about yourself, like your mountain bike journey, what got you into mountain biking, um, and then how it led you to being a coach? Yes, absolutely. So when I was a wee little one, um, I've always had a passion of riding. And I remember when I was like two years old, I was on my two wheels and my parents would stick me in their basement and it wasn't developed yet. So I would have my bike and I would ride in circles, just like no on the way. concrete circles and uh, my mom and dad were like, well, she likes to ride. <laughs> so that was like the start of my um, love of biking. Yeah. And then, so I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, mm -hmm. um, up in Canada. And when I was 12, um, I lived in a really tight knit neighborhood. And so the neighborhood boys were out riding on their dirt bikes and building yeah. makeshift jumps, you know sketchy yeah. as is <laughs> and I'm like your bikes look so cool and they're like yeah like we're cool we're, we're mountain bikers and I'm like okay I'm gonna go buy one of those bikes so <laughs> my dad took me to this bike shop and I was like okay I'm looking for this kind of bike and so I was due for a bike and so I we picked a bike up I brought it home and the guys were like you're a poser what are you doing with that bike <laughs> and I was like, well, boys, like, let me show you. So that was like the start of my That's journey. Awesome. Yeah. And I... uh, they took me like 
to COP, which is Canada Olympic Park. Wow. Um, they taught me how to jump, drop. And then um, I had two amazing coaches at COP where they kind of locked me in of like, I really want you to race mountain bikes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I've never like thought of it. Um, how old were you at that I was time. 12. Oh, you're still 12. Still oh 12. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Still 12. And like, I just felt the sense of like freedom and excitement going down the trails. And I just, I was in my own world when I was on yeah. my bike. And so when I had these two coaches mentoring me throughout my racing career for downhill, that really instituted something magical in me. And uh, Peter Matthews, he's, he was one of my founding coaches. He's um, living in Whistler. And he has been an imprint in my life for learning the skills and just yeah. being that cheerleader for me. And so throughout my years, I raced. Um, I won Alberta Provincial Cups. I've won like Female Athlete of the Year awards. Oh, my so goodness. I was I was enjoying my racing career. Yeah. And uh, I kind of came to a, a point in my life where I was like, OK, do I go to university or do I go to like race? amateur professionally and so I did decide to go to university in Vancouver yeah. and I still raced for fun and, and that was uh, a different change of pace mm -hmm. and, and then when I was about 19 years old um, a guy that I was dating at the time he was racing Garbanzo mm -hmm. and unfortunately he got bucked and he became paralyzed <gasps> Oh my yeah. goodness, like full on paralyzed or just from like the sternum, down? sternum down. Oh my goodness. So it was like I wasn't there at that moment, but it was another like pivot in my life of like, oh my goodness, we all yeah. ride together. We all do this. What am I doing? And so that really put a stop to my riding for quite a few years. Um, wow. So in my like early 20s, I, I sold everything and put everything away because I just had this like fear of could have that have been me like yeah who knows yeah um and so I tried other like sports but like nothing that like felt or fit right with me mm -hmm. and I reconnected with some of my friends and I got back on a bike and I'm like okay this is like this is me <laughs> this is where I'm <laughs> supposed to be and from that I had my passions of racing and I implemented that into br bringing myself back into the community and yeah. volunteering and then I got myself into coaching yeah of like how can I pour into others and like create that risk management that safety yeah how can we ride in such a manner that we're like executing the proper skills yeah um yeah. just from my experiences in the past and so yeah today here I am of like still being a part of that and creating passion projects for myself and that's amazing that's yeah, so amazing it just keeps on going so how did you um wow so many to unpack from so much to unpack from that how did you I know you touched on saying you felt like mountain biking was always right for you right you tried different mm -hmm. sports after that horrible accident with your with your partner your ex-partner how did you overcome the psychological aspect of that that's a great question um or is it something you're still working on you know because it's you know, it always, it always hits home and it's always a memory that is imprinted in my life of like my life journey, mm -hmm. but I really like, I dug deep into it after of like, okay, this is reality. 
and life happens. So what am I going to do as a person to help encourage other people to ride safely or to like avoid potential risks in riding? Mm -hmm. And so that's where I really invested my time into getting professional coaches to coach me, um, going on webinars, putting myself into courses that are the gold standard on how to mountain bike coach. And so I think building up those skills allowed me to build that confidence in me of like, okay, like I can ride this, I can do this. I know the skills and the points of progression for me to become a really good rider and then deliver that for other people. Yeah. So I think it was like surrounding myself with those that mattered, that cared for the sport mm-hmm. and educating myself and over time and through the years, I think that really empowered me as a rider yeah. to overcome that. But again, like it's it's always a memory that I've had, but it doesn't stop me from my my riding. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah that and that was gonna be my follow up if it hinders you in any way from continuing to ride the way you do. No. Um but you're right, you know, I was listening I was not listening. I was on a podcast last week and we were talking to this uh, woman who's an amazing free rider and she's had several injuries as well. Different style of mountain biking, I guess, that not a lot of people do. Like she does the gnarly, like Red Bull stuff, like the gnarly. Oh, amazing. But, but she also talked about how you touched on it. It's about who you surround yourself and how you educate yourself that you mm-hmm. overcome injuries or you gain confidence on the bike, right? Because those are the people that will give you the real tools and resources to be a better rider and have the confidence in yourself to continue riding. Um, oh my God, you're, you're just, you're amazing. So are you racing today? I know you've had a lot going on in your life <laughs> recently, but I, do you have any races coming up? I don't are you have training for that. Oh, you know what? It was funny. My, uh, my husband was like, so you're going to race this year. I'm like, I haven't even thought about it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that. I think maybe like maybe a fun community race. Um, cause right now, like I now live in Kelowna in British Columbia. Yeah. And so there's a ton of different races that are going on and, and yeah. I may, you know, pop my name in and just race for fun to see, uh, <laughs> what it's like. I'll let you know if I yeah. do. Yeah, for sure. That's a goal of mine is to do a race for fun, like just for me to do. Um, I've always, I've always wanted to do that. So was, um, this injury that you experienced, not you experienced your partner experienced that this horrific mm-hmm. accident that you saw and educating yourself and be wanting to be around coaches and being a safe rider and teaching those people, those skills, is that what kind of inspired you to begin the mountain coaches collective or what was the, what was the yeah. reason behind that? I think it's a compile of my life growing up from like age 12 of getting that first like real mountain bike um I got a I remember I had a green Kona stuff oh my goodness (laughs) and uh and like yeah through the years of figuring it out right and because back then I was one of the very few girls that were racing so it was Mm. still very very heavily male dominated yeah and uh so I had to break through that kind of scene of breaking through the noise of like 
I'm a girl. Yes, I can do it. I can make it. That is a whole other story <laughs> um, yeah. to get into. We can have but, like an hours yeah. long podcast about that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think the the biggest turning point, which allowed me to create Mountain Coaches Collective was throughout my coaching and my volunteering, I noticed that there was a space of emptiness in a coach's world. Mm-hmm. And I like you're busy coaching other other people and developing their skills. And then you would go home and, you know, you'd write your notes and send out um, their lesson plans and and their write-ups. And you kind of sit back and it's like, well, what about me? And I kept yeah. getting that feeling. And even though I was coaching with other people, everyone is busy coaching their clients. Right. And that was the start of me figuring out, well, what's next? Or like, where do we go from here? Because I want to be coached. I want to develop in my skills so I can better produce for my clients. And so right. last year, when we moved to um, Kelowna, I was hiking with my dog Whistler, and oh, I was yeah, name. and I was like, man, like I'm new into the into BC again, and where do I start? Like I just feel lonely. Like I don't really have anyone to go to, but I have such a passion for riding and coaching other people. And through that hike, I came up with like Mountain Coaches Collective. I'm on a mountain. I want to have a collective (laughs) environment and let's go mountain biking. So that's really how that was born. Yeah. And I just put an Instagram page together and was like, I want to be a global community of professional mountain bike coaches where we gather to inspire and grow and create an impact in our mountain bike coaching through our unique experiences and education as a collective. And so that is my purpose. That is my, my vision and calling to inspire everyone globally. So yeah, that's amazing. Like if anyone's listening, you should definitely connect with Vanessa. I'm going to put all her information down, but how, how is that going? Have you, can we help you with any of that? Like, do you, um, have, uh, retreats? Do you have anything set up? Like, do you have things coming up where, where you're going to do stuff like that? You know, like connect women together yeah. for, for coaching? <laughs> me, I'm so glad that you asked me. I, um, <laughs> oh gosh, I have so many cool things. So, okay. So we just had a webinar last week, um, on level two air with PMBI. That's right. It was. You emailed me. I was in Australia when you emailed me, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that is okay. It was, you know, it was actually incredible because I took my level two PMBIA air course in Kamloops and it was life-changing in the mental aspect. Like it was, it was incredible. It was so good. So we really talk a lot about that in the webinar and I will be sending that out um, on my page and a link for people to watch in the next coming week. But it was so amazing. Um, So Ross Dunlop, he is one of the best mountain bike coaches in Whistler um, mm-hmm. he works for PMBIA and ZEP mountain bike camps. And then we had mm-hmm. Josh Whitmore, who is one of the top mountain bike coaches in the States, yeah. um, through MTB skills factory. And they were both on with our other panel of coaches and the dialogue, the, the questions, 
it was blowing my mind of like, how cool is this that we have yeah. someone from Canada, someone from the States and coming together to inform and educate other riders who want to become coaches mm -hmm. and educate us as coaches of progressing our skills and talking about mm -hmm. the experience. So you guys have to take a look at that. It's yeah, for sure. It was really eye opening. So we did that. And then on uh, June 20th, um, we are hosting another webinar with Jen Cates. You might know her. Uh, I know yeah. Jen very well. <laughs> uh, so she's with, um, she has her company, Shift Human Performance. So we're going to be talking about ways to minimize lower back discomfort or pain as a coach. We're on our bikes a ton, like day in, yeah. day out. So what skills yeah. can we, you know, include and uh, be proactive in our riding? So throughout the year, um, we're hosting webinars and then just it's a platform for those people who have their own mountain bike coaching business or networking business. Let me know because I really want to help build your own companies up um, with this platform. So that is like mm -hmm. an ask of those that want to get more exposure. Um, I am yeah. here to help connect people together. Yes. So that yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's um, so exciting. We yeah. need resources like that. Like you said, especially for coaches who are so busy with their clients. Yeah. Um, I just had an idea that I'm going to share around your webinar and obviously I'll share all the other ones that you have as well. But I think I'm going to create a page on our website to have you on mm. there. And then uh, just every time you have something, it'll link it to your page and people can just come up That's on there so cool. and find their thing we could talk after we oh yeah after <laughs> um yeah so it's been going really well and okay the coolest thing that i'm um gonna be rolling out yeah is so i'm creating a platform for mentorship program so what this is so stay tuned it's gonna be um coming up on the website so we have a roster of coaches and yeah. these coaches will have info. So let's say, for, okay, let's say as a rider, I really want to learn how to jump better and gain confidence. Mm -hmm. But I don't really want to like have a physical coach at this moment, but I would want to have someone to talk to like through it and like show videos. So you would go right. to Mountain Coaches Collective mentorship page and you could go through the roster of different coaches of mm -hmm. their specializations. So let's say they, in the um, filter search, they say mm -hmm. like female um, specializes in jumps and is confidence booster. And then my name would pop up. So then they could book a session. They're committed to a month. And if they want to have more coaches to mentor them, they can like, there's a no commitment um, policy. And so I'm so excited to get this going because I think it's the next level up with Mountain Coaches Collective. Yeah. So yeah. coaches that want to get paid and mentor mm -hmm. another rider or another coach online, let me know. <laughs> yeah, hit her up. I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to put all yeah. the information on there. That's super cool. That's really cool that you're going to have like a filter section. And it's really smart to have that because people want information so quick nowadays, right? Yeah. Like, and if you have those keywords on the website where it's like, I just want to learn how to jump, 
someone pops up and they connect with whoever is going to. So is this mentorship part of your website? Is that going to be like a free feature? Is that going to be like a paid membership feature? How does that work? So there's going to be different um, scales. So okay. a part of it, like you could buy a subscription um, mm -hmm. and that could get you like free ebooks, the webinars, free like teaching. And then yep. you can also go through a paid program of like monthly memberships. So depending on what type of coach you want will determine the mm -hmm. price. So let's say you wanted to be mentored by a level one coach or a level two coach, level three coach, and the price will go up in scale depending on the level of like of technique, experience, because yep. those coaches are professional. And I really want to give back to those coaches um, yeah. in a monetary way as well yep. and for them to promote their business. So it's like a, a twofold. So yeah. It's a, it's a way to, yeah, gather people together and display other cool skills, features, because sometimes as coaches, we have to create different games or different skill developments. And sometimes we just get stumped, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, who can I go to or what can I do to just get some clarity or talk to someone to get creative ideas. And so yeah. this is a platform to do that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause things are changing too. It, it, you know, the industry evolves the way, what people want to learn evolves, how they approach it is going to evolve. I mean, that's, that's really cool. It's good that you're creating like a support system really for, for people to come on board. And, um, so being that you're a coach, we always ask this question. <laughs> we always ask these questions of coaches. When I had Emma on last time, I asked her this. Uh, what is the best, worst advice you've ever been given? So you know what I mean? Like uh, the worst advice that you've ever been given in your as you were looking for coaching that is like, the best worst way. Am I making sense? Oh yes. Do you use <laughs> and I, I can, uh, I can include a, a story to that too. Yes, please. Okay. So the best worst advice would be teaching how to drop. Okay. And they say, lean back, lean back mm. as far as you can, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, I was with my neighborhood buddies through after the coaching and and they were coaching me and so it was about I don't know a seven foot drop and yeah. I was in grade seven puberty you know very discomfort like uncomfortable in my own body at that point and I was like okay I'm gonna do it so I they're like get a lot of speed and lean back so I I did and I go off the the drop and I lean back too far and my rear wheel catches my pants and everything with it and just like rips my pants down I crashed <gasps> and I'm like naked on the ground with no. these like four boys looking down oh my god <laughs> and, oh my god <laughs> you poor and thing. I, oh I was like oh my gosh like what the heck happened and everyone was like, everyone was stunned. Like they didn't know what to say. And I like 
like slowly but quickly like tried to like pull my pants up because like I swear I was seeing stars yeah and uh never again like I had the biggest rash on my body on my butt you poor thing did you break anything no I was shocked I I got like a huge hematoma yeah on my my body but to this day the guys were like we wish we had that filmed and I'm like I know me too (laughs) god i'm so sorry that is i'm so sorry that's so bad on so many levels i've been told that too like just lean back and it's not the way to go at all at all no (laughs) how did you recover from that did it take you a long time to get back on the bike after that you know what like yeah i reflect back and through that moment i can understand why sometimes i will hesitate on certain drops of like Do I feel okay doing this or can I like, can I do it? And I think it's just because of maybe that one experience and like over time it's gotten a lot less, but there's been moments where I definitely have hesitated before my commitment point, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Cause once you're committed, you just got to go. I learned that the hard way this weekend. Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> no, it was fine. I did this line in my local trails here. There's this really steep section I've never actually done before, but I thought, eh, I got a bike that can handle it. So let yeah. me try it. And I've been really practicing this weekend. My goal the entire weekend was to practice front brake control Ooh. and on steep sections because my goal is to ride in Sedona as much as I can in my entire life. And in Sedona, you need a lot of front brake control, but everywhere really you need good brake control when you're doing technical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, on a whim, I took the right line instead of the left line that goes down and I got to the top and it was very steep and I'd never done it before. And it was really uh, loose, very loose okay. and kind of technical. And at, for a moment in my head, I hit slammed on my back brake and I fishtailed a little bit and it scared the living daylights out of me. And I'm like, you got this. You're okay. You got this. You got this. And I, I calmed down. I talked myself out of it. I slowly made my way down, but I was so scared because my first really bad accident, I was told to, to lean back instead of being in that attack position. And for a second, as I was going down, I was also kind of leaning back. And I thought, lay off the back brake and use your front brake more because that's yeah. how you're going to get into the same issue that you had last time. <laughs> so it was in my head too, but I got down from it. My wife came up behind me on the other line and I was like, I can't believe I was just like Woo! so proud of myself. <laughs> Air high five. Yeah, you know, oh, good job. You know what? Like the front brake is so underutilized, so yes. underutilized. And so that is one thing that I practice in my coaching and creating a habit of getting my clients to just use their front brake on different right. terrain. And they're like, oh my gosh. I like, I did it without feeling unstable. I'm like, yes, you did. Yeah. yeah. And it's such yeah. a good feeling because the first, that bad crash I was telling you about, the f- my friend who's an amazing writer too, but I was very green at the time. She said, do not use your front brake, ignore your front brake. So that's my best, worst advice that I've received mm. is don't use your front brake on like a steep technical section. Anyway, those days are gone. But yesterday, because I had so much confidence doing that, I was able to do tight switchbacks that I used to walk. So I was really proud of myself, too, because I was like, it's your front brake. You got this body control. Like, 
I did yeah. the, all four of them. I, I dabbed the fifth one, so I don't consider that like a cleaning it, but um, yeah, the confidence that you get from that. But okay, so that's the worst, oh. best worst advice that you've gotten was lean back. Yeah. Have you heard of any other like bad advices that people have come to you with? Like if you get a client and they say, well, so-and-so taught me how to do this. Yes. Um, YouTube. I love and I hate YouTube. The, the most oh, common no. is like, I'll be, you know, teaching a skill and uh, the the client will be like, well, YouTube told me this. <laughs> well, like, where are your sources? Well, I don't know. Like, just YouTube told me this. And I tell them, do you want to pay for like a YouTube session or yeah, uh, point. Vanessa coaching session? And so... <laughs> yeah. And, and the th yeah, so it's funny. YouTube is like the the platform that people tend to use, or them riding with their friends and just following their friends. And their friends might be good riders that are fast, but may not have the technical skill to implement, and therefore mm -hmm. monkey see, monkey do. Right. And I think that kind of catches people off guard as well. But if you're riding with a seasoned rider who understands like the skill development and is, yeah. um, you know, determined in applying that skill, then you can follow them through. Yeah. You said the right word. It's the skill development. It's the people that understand how they've developed that skill, how they've gotten there. That the ones that you can teach and feel confident on, um, because you're right, following your friends and they can't verbalize how they know yeah. that skill or how they got there is not the best way to to go about it at all. Okay, question um, for you. Yeah. Just quickly going back to the back break. I had an aha moment a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And do you think us as humans use or tend to use the back break more because as children, our little bikes have like the back brake pedal we just they usually don't even have a front brake and so it was really i'm really curious to know is that part of the reason of why we rely more on a back brake because as children that's all we've used i think so i think you have a point there and and i'm gonna use the the good example that happened this weekend my godson is seven and he needs a new bike and his mom wants to get him a bike with both brakes on it. And I'm encouraging that so that he can learn the skill of using both brakes. And the dad was like, no, you should just get one with a back brake. He only needs a bad brake. He's going to go over the handlebars. And I was like, well, actually, no, if you teach him correctly. So, yeah, I think you're right. It could be because there's always that fear in your mind. At least it was for me when I first started riding of like, oh, I'm going to go over the handlebars if I use my back brake, right? Yeah. Instead of being taught how to properly use your back, your front brake. Yeah. Anyways, the, yeah, that sidebar, but that just, I was like, oh. So do you agree with that too, though? What? Is that you, your aha uh, moment of us as kids using just the back oh, brake? I think so. Like, I yeah. honestly think that's been ingrained in us. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, we'll see more, maybe we'll see less um, back brake utilized because the bikes these days for the kids mm -hmm. have like astronomically developed into another kind of beast right like 
Yeah. I had my super cycle bike when I was <laughs> little. Um, I was like, super this cycle. is so cool. <laughs> I was like, my shock bottoms out. Um, so I think <laughs> the, the development awesome. of bikes also helps the development of children riding. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you being a racer, like that helped you want to teach people how to race or do you just, what am I trying to say here? You, I admire people like you that do this kinds of stuff because it's something I wish I could do or would have done as a kid. But is your passion for racing what kind of led you to want to be a coach? I've never been asked that question. I mean, we did touch on earlier um, kind of what led you to your coaching, but I wasn't sure if racing was also a part of it. Yeah, I like racing. I like so Peter Matthews and Sarah Leachman, they were my two mentors that really impacted my my coaching or Mm -hmm. I guess my my racing and I think because of their inspiration that has made me want to empower others and when I was racing like it's a lot of adrenaline that goes through your body like you have like I was with a team so like we were training a lot we were on a really strict schedule I really enjoyed that part of me Mm -hmm. um, in my life but it also came to a point of how much am I going <laughs> to wreck my body? Like, yeah. and that's probably where I stopped of, I, I really pushed myself to like the limits and I didn't want to do that anymore, yeah. even yeah. though it would have gotten me, you know, extra, like less time on the clock. And, and it almost stressed me out. Like it was a very stressful moment in my life where the clock was my enemy at some points mm-hmm. and I didn't want to fall out of the love of biking. So before that happened, I took a step back and said to myself, like, what else can I do in the mountain biking world that yeah. I still would really love and enjoy and continue my progression as a rider. So yeah, that's where coaching came alive because mm-hmm. I also had good mentors when I was younger. Yeah, see, the mentorship thing is such a, it's key. It's absolutely key. That's why it's exciting that you're having the mentorship page on your on your website. Because I think regardless if you're a coach or not, or you just want thinking about being a coach, like the mentorship aspect of it is is really important. That's yeah. so exciting that you're developing that, Vanessa. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Uh, well, I'm excited for other people. I thought the yeah. other day, I was like, should I become a coach? Maybe I should do that. But I have a long way to go before I do something like that. Well, what, like, what makes you think that? Like when you say a long way to go, what is that? I don't feel like like I'm, I feel like I need to develop more skills to then be able to pass on those skills and knowledge to others. Hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I've always been drawn to teaching and helping people. So I'm trying, I was trying to find a way that I could do that within mountain biking as well. But um, I just admire coaches. You guys know so much. And teaching in itself is very difficult. Like you have to be a good teacher to be a good coach. Not everyone can do that. Mm. Um, so I admire that as well because teaching is hard. Teaching is really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, one th- encouraging part that I would give to you is 
either shadowing or sweeping uh, during coaching sessions. So if you know a fellow coach and you can ask, hey, can I shadow you? And then that actually gets the ball rolling of listening into them and how they coach, how they manage the group, how they manage their skill development. Because sometimes you could have a group where one rider is really progressing and then another rider isn't as much in the progression stage. And so mm-hmm. how do you manage that? And so yeah, shadowing or being a sweep would be a great opportunity for you to get a taste of what coaching yeah. could look like. And that could maybe yeah. start your journey of, of that. Man, if I lived close to you, I would be like, hey, Vanessa, can I come shadow you? Oh, <laughs> you're welcome anytime to come to Kelowna. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be a dream. I want to go to Mountain biking in Canada so bad. It's just well, beautiful I have a spare there. room. So. Yes. And we have yes. an airport. You do have an airport? <laughs> we do. But wait, can I get direct flights from Los Angeles? I don't know. I don't know. We'll make it happen. I'll have to look into it. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> so I know one of your goals back when we chatted a few months back was that you wanted to have coaching in your property. You were developing something. Is that still something, a goal of yours? Um. Well, I would say like physical property. Yeah. I thought for some reason, I could have sworn it was you that I was talking to that was a coach that was like, oh, I would love to buy property and make that like my coaching hub. Oh, well, yes, that would be nice. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm confusing. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I um, well, like where I live right now, the trails are literally outside my door. So I'm yeah. just super thankful and blessed that I have that opportunity. And, and any bike would be nice. <laughs> to climb up this one big lofty mountain but you know endurance is, oh man is key <laughs> that's one thing keeping me from getting an e-bike right now is i really want to work on my endurance and there's nothing like just getting on a bike and doing it yeah. obviously strength training helps blah blah no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but <laughs> that's where jen comes in yeah. um well did you, <laughs> hey did you connect with michaela who owns Own It Nutrition when we had our webinar last I, year? I actually have her written on the top of my email oh. to reach out to her to do that. She's like pinned. You know when you can pin emails all the way to the top? Michaela's up on top. I saw she's been doing some stuff recently. I finally got back on social media last week when I got back from vacation. And she has some really good things going. Yeah. And she snowboards. I had no clue. She was like this big time snowboarder. I know. I she is a professional snowboarder yeah she's amazing she's amazing um oh man i what was uh, oh your bike what are you riding right now what bike are you on so i'm i got two right now i have a trek slash okay so it's my like my big bike so 170 and 160 Mm mm-hmm and then I also have a Trek Remedy, and that's the 160-150. Do you see a big difference in the two, given the travel is kind of pretty close? I do, because yeah. the Slash is a 29er, 
and uh, the remedy is the 27.5 and there is a huge difference yeah yeah <laughs> and i, I thought for I some reason to... they were both 29ers sorry <laughs> no no that's okay i um and i tend to ride my 27 and a half bike more it's it's, oh. it's a lot more playful uh-huh and yeah i just it makes me feel like my center of gravity is lower to the ground, which makes me feel more confident. Oh. The slash, it's a taller, longer bike. And so it's great for like picking up speed really quickly. Great for climbing. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit easier for climbing, but it's like, it's my size, but if it's a big bike. Yeah. Uh, Becca, so, who's been helping me with the network she's pretty much a team member now it's her and i she has a trek slash and that's her like her big party bike as she calls it it's her big bike, oh, bike. Yes. <laughs> yeah it totally is like it's i would say she's right on the dot with how that bike feels have you ridden a mullet yet no but i really want to yeah i'd love to get your take on it i actually rode an e-bike mullet about three months ago and i had so much fun my first time riding an e-bike and it was a mullet and it was absolutely amazing oh yeah double whammy you need to try it yeah I <laughs> i'd love to i'd love to get your opinion when you can get your hands on one i'd love to know what your opinion on it oh well i don't oh well if you know anyone that's connected up in canada then I'd be game for a test ride. I can look into that for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm connected with. Uh, I'm connected with one shop, Sovereign Cycle in West Kelowna. They've been uh -huh. a really great shop to deal with. They, they're small but mighty. Yeah, those so, are usually the best shops because they can get oh, stuff done. They do, and their guys and like the mechanics, they're phenomenal. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah, I can walk great. out of there knowing my bike is ready to go. Yeah. Even though, yeah, I do bike checks, but regardless, <laughs> my bike's ready to go. <laughs> it's good that you know how to do that too. So many people rely on mechanics that do a half done job and try and get away with stuff. I had someone tell me recently that she went to a bike shop and they wouldn't even touch her bike because it was like a $10,000 mountain bike and the mechanics didn't feel comfortable working on it in case they were going to break something which i thought was kind of oh. odd but well i mean yeah like i've learned through experience and like even as a coach when i turn my coaching brain off and i just want to go ride sometimes i don't always like i just like want to get on my bike and play but i have learned from experience i did that once last year from another bike shop <laughs> and i was riding and all of a sudden, I'm going around this corner, and my wheel is going straight, and my handlebars completely shifted <gasps> and spun around, and I <gasps> crashed so hard and, like, banged up my knee. Oh, my God. And they forgot to tighten my headset. No. <laughs> That's – I even know how to do that. I even oh. know how to do that. And Dude. then – and then my husband was riding like he was ahead of me. Yeah. He was descending. The same thing happened. No. Yes. No doubt. How do you do that for two bikes? Was it the same mechanic? Did they not know what they're doing? So many <sighs> questions. I called them and I told them what happened and they said, oh, we're sorry. That's it. Nope. 
Oh my Never god, again. the lawyer in me is like, no, you need to sue oh. them. You need to. <laughs> Did you have damages? And, oh, it was. And like Zach, when he fell, he was like, we were riding on a really skinny trail and it was on a cliff. And so he somehow rotated to the left so he wouldn't roll down the. It was really, it was really bad. Oh my so, God. Through that experience, I'm like, no matter what shop I take my bike to, I'm always checking it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because that's scary. It was... Like, it could have been a serious injury. Like, one of you guys could oh, have yeah. been seriously injured. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> On that happy note, <laughs> <laughs> check your bike. <laughs> check your bike, people. <laughs> Make sure that even if you trust the mechanic, and uh, you know they could be having an off day. There's your PSA for the day. Uh, (laughs) is there something that we haven't talked about i mean we haven't talked about a lot of things but specifically to the mountain coaches collective that you want people that are listening to know i want people to know that this being a new platform don't be shy to reach out to showcase your own mountain bike coaching company if you have ideas or thoughts that you want to speak about through a webinar like I am so down and happy to provide that platform so it is it is a community and that's really where I want that to go and heck if this could be like a full-time job for me in the future oh that would be a dream come true running my like bold mountain bike coaching company and then running mountain coaches collective that would be a dream (laughs) that let's make it happen let's make it happen Okay, that is my goal. I want to make that happen for you. (laughs) Okay, amazing. (laughs) That's my goal with the network. We'll get there short soon enough. Um, You guys are growing so rapidly, and I'm so proud of you for that. Thank you. It's it's been a lot of work. It's hard working full time, as you know, having multiple jobs and trying to get something off the ground. It's very challenging, but um. I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me. And this isn't the last time we're going to hear from Vanessa because as she grows and she gets more webinars and resources for people, I want to have her come back on and stay tuned because I am going to list her on the website with all the amazing things that she's going to have come up for coaches or anyone who's a mountain biker, really shouldn't just limit yourself to coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because coaches are riders too. Yeah, exactly. And riders can become coaches. So it's, it's hand in hand. 100%. 100%. And she really is an amazing resource, people. Reach out to Vanessa for anything. I know um, she would love to talk to all of you guys. And she can't say no because she's on the podcast right now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'd love that. (laughs) I'm going to leave all her information down below on the podcast uh, link as well as the Instagram and all the social media platforms that I'm going to be releasing this. So um, for now, Vanessa, thank you so, so, so much for coming on and chatting with us. And it was way overdue. I'm glad we did this. Me too. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. (laughs) I'll see you guys later. Have a good night.